Romans 15, verse 4. May the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you a spirit of unity among yourselves as you follow Christ Jesus, so that with one heart and mouth you may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Accept one another. Then just as Christ accepted you in order to bring praise to God, for I tell you that Christ has become a servant of the Jews on behalf of God's truth to confirm the promises that he made to the patriarchs so that the Gentiles may glorify God for his mercy as it is written. Therefore, I will praise you among the Gentiles. I will sing hymns to your name. And again, it says, rejoice, O Gentiles, with his people. And again, Praise the Lord, all you Gentiles. Sing praises to him, all you peoples. And again, Isaiah says, The root of Jesse will spring up, one who will arise to rule over the nations. The Gentiles will hope in him. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. This is the word of God. Thanks be to God. Have a seat. Awesome. So we're in Advent, second week of Advent, and we are celebrating the God, the triune God of love revealed in Jesus Christ who reveals his relationship with the Father in the Spirit, the God of community and love. And it's because of that community that we are formed in his, in his image, with his identity. And so we come together as a community of people. And we are also joined with a community of believers in the city, and around the state, and around the nation, and around the nations of the earth. Isn't that awesome? So we're, we're one people, even though we can't all be together on any given day, if that makes sense. So one of the ways that we help facilitate that unity and to just to join with our brothers and sisters around the world is I'll preach from time to time from the revised common lectionary. And so that's what we're doing during the series of of Advent. And uh, if you have an app there, it's got the link, I believe, but that's the, you can just look up Revised Common Lectionary, and you can actually read ahead the verses that I'm going to be reading next week and the week after that. You might even come up with some great illustrations. Jamie, you know, you need to use this illustration. I'll help you preach the sermon. You can do that if you want to do it, because preaching can be hard at times. Just saying, if you've ever tried it. Um, so, so the, the Revised Common Lectionary. And the cool thing about this is it's, it, you, sometimes you look at the different passages. So it's got an Old Testament passage, a passage from the Psalms, a passage from the New Testament letters, and a passage from the Gospels. So there's four every single week all throughout the whole year. And they seem sometimes like, well, how do those fit together? But they do. They pull together the story of God. That's what's going on. So we're joining with millions and millions and millions and millions of believers around the world who are preaching the same text on this day. Isn't that amazing? So it's kind of just joining with the body of Christ, you know, and getting into the story of God. And the cool thing about that, too, is a lot of times we come in on Sundays and our, our lives are focused on whatever the issue is in our personal life, right? I've got this thing going on. And by connecting to the story of God, it allows us, instead of trying to orient life to us, we orient our lives to the story of God and see that we've got a place in that big, meta, gigantic, wonderful, good story that God's doing. So we're in Advent right now. It's the beginning of the church calendar. So it goes Advent, Christmas, Epiphany, Lent, 
Easter, Pentecost, and then normal time. So that's kind of a discipleship time that leads back up to Advent again. And that's the church calendar. Been doing that since the fourth century. Church has been doing that a long time, right? So that kind of pulls us into a big story. So we're talking about in Advent, Jesus Christ came, and we're looking forward to that, remembering that, that he came, that Jesus coming, and looking forward to his second Advent, his coming again. Does that make sense? That's what's happening in Advent. And in between those times is some tension. Amen. Jamie, you starting to preach. There's some tension. It's, we call it the now and the not yet of the kingdom of God. It's now. Jesus has come. He's the king. He's reigning. But he's, he's coming again to reign in fullness and to make everything right. And so we live in this in-between time, not just in the kingdom of God, but in the church. I mean, I'm not done yet. It'd be great if you were all done and I was all done. And boy, wow, peace, love, and joy, right? Just no problems. You know, then the church could just be that in the world. It'd be awesome. Jesus come back. Boom, right? But we're, we're on a journey. And there really is tension. There's this, this, these tension places. They're in Scripture. One of my uh, kind of teacher hero guys, it's maybe too strong, but I really respect him a lot. He's a guy named N.T. Wright, and uh, kind of English theologian guy. And he wrote a book called Surprised by Hope. And in that book, he talks about a lot of these tension places. So you've got like in the Bible, just over and over again. And 1 Corinthians 15 would be a great one. Seed, seed time and harvest. So Jesus is raised as the first fruits of what's coming, our resurrection. Now we haven't, all, we haven't experienced that yet, but Jesus is the first fruits of that coming. So seed time and harvest. You've got the victorious battle. Jesus wins the battle, the death, the resurrection, the ascension of Christ. You know, he wins the battle. It's like the invasion of Normandy. You know, once that happened, I mean, it was pretty much just a matter of time until the allies won the battle. So that battle's won, but, you know, the now and not yet for us is that we live in this tension of having to walk out still some battles in our lives and express the victory of Jesus in spiritual warfare in our lives. Everybody tracking with me? Not a, it's not, but, but those, are, those are big, huge biblical themes, the marriage of heaven and earth. That's a big one right? We live in this tension of longing for the way things are going to be. You know, another one would be that God is all in all. Well, that he's going to be all in all, but we don't experience that right now, right? Uh, we're citizens of heaven. That's another big one. We're citizens of heaven colonizing the earth. We're ambassadors from another place. Our, our home is there, but we're living that life and expressing that here and now. Very good? So that's the tension. That's the, the now and not yet. Even in the Advent story, you know, there's, there's these tension places. You know, Mary and Joseph, you've got their story, but Jesus isn't born yet. You've got the shepherds out in the field. The angels, they're coming, but they haven't sung yet. All these different, different things. And it's a longing for Jesus. There's an embedded uh, not yet, even as we tell the Advent Christmas story. And here's the point I'm trying to make. In this series, the light has come. Jesus Christ is the light of the world. He is the light of the world. And if you could just imagine millions and millions of people all together, kind of crowded and in darkness, just almost shoulder to shoulder with people in darkness. And so when something happens on the news, CNN or whatever, it's bad news. Ah, ah, we're all 
all just kind of, ah, ah, darkness. Over here, more news. Ah, 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 what are we, anxiety and fear and, ah. That wasn't in the notes, but I'm just trying to help you see that Jesus, he brings light to us and he brings peace to us and he brings love to us. He brings hope to us. He calms our fears and, and makes things make sense when everybody else is flipping out. Right? Just, Jesus, help us through this time. So he came to bring all of that light, hope, peace, love, joy, the victory justice, all those things. Here's the main thing. God's calling us to overflowing hope as we live in the tension between Jesus coming and Jesus coming again. Okay? So overflowing hope. We're going to come back to that theme, but we need hope. We need hope while waiting, first of all, first point there, is we need hope while waiting with people. And that's the point, you know, from, that Paul's making in this first reading from the New Testament here, you know, you read these words, may the God of endurance and encouragement give you a spirit of unity as you follow Christ so that with one heart, one mouth, you may glorify God, accept one another just as in Christ Jesus, God accepted you. So God's accepted us and he wants us to accept one another, to love one another. The point he's making here, they had some they had some issues going on in Rome. And as we read this, as we are people that are in Christ, we are pulled into the story of the Roman church. You know, there's stuff going on there. There were people that were thinking they were self-righteous. And, or I don't know if they were thinking they were self-righteous, but they were self-righteous. They were looking down on other people because people didn't do it the way they did it. And they felt that they were privileged because of, because of their ethnicity and looking down on other people. And so you've got all of these things about the Gentiles have been pulled into this. The nations have been pulled into this. We've been incorporated into uh, this, this people, this people called the, the church, the Jews and the Gentiles together in Christ Jesus. So it's powerful. You know, and just in the chapter before, you've got people upset with each other. You know, some people can eat certain foods, some people can't. Some people can drink certain things, other people can't. You know, and it's, it's divisive. If you've ever been in one of those situations where I can't eat with you because you're unclean, I've been in those situations. It, it's, it's awkward. You know, us eating together is a huge expression of love and of unity, breaking bread, breaking bread together. So, so these things are, are big. And the reason it's hard, I mean, there's lots of reasons, selfishness and things, but, but I, I would point all the way back to the garden the Garden of Eden, and Adam and Eve were given a choice between the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and they ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, if you think about it, it's really all about me being at the center now. God wanted to be at the center, but now I'm at the center, and so I look around at things, and I make judgments. That's good. That's evil. That's good. That's evil. And I'm making these judgments. And part of my fallenness, part of our fallenness, is this incredible, insatiable desire to think that we can end all ambiguity. 
We can end all question marks. You know, Yancey talked about last week, you know, we've got our hopes and expectations, and then there's the mystery part of God that we, we just, things don't always work out like we thought they were going to work out. And we may have really thought, I had the right opinion. I expressed it rightly on Facebook, the way it is. You know, and that's the way it is. And the reality is, you know, I, I can't always end all, every single question, and I can't know, judge you about what's going on in your heart and love you with God's love while, while I'm, I'm loving you with God's love at the same time. I can't be at the center. And when I try to be at the center, I inevitably start trying to get life from other things, other people, other affirmation, avoiding my fears, avoiding my anxieties, and just trying to get life when God wants to give us the life that only He can give. So this, this big piece, we need hope while waiting with people. The accuser, man, what he wants us to do is to be a, little accusers. He wants to make little accusers out of all of us. And so he's against God in a kind of battle that's not really a battle, but there's two principles at work in the universe. There's the authority of God and what God says, and there's rebellion, you know? And so we can stand with the Lord or we can stand against the Lord. And a lot of times we don't think standing in our own will and opinion is standing against the Lord, but it's the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And so, you know, when we, uh, one of the passages we're going to look at in just a second talks about Jesus and says, he didn't judge by what he saw with his eyes. He trusted everything to the Father. And it's like, this is how humanity was intended to live, expressing God's reign, expressing God's authority and life and love, joy and peace and all of those things. So we're, we're brought in, we're pulled into this story of the Roman church, and, but it's a bigger story than that. And that's the second piece. You know, we need hope while we're waiting with people because it's hard to wait with people, right? But we also need hope while we're waiting within the story. You know, Paul makes these references to different Old Testament passages. You know, that the Gentiles are going to be a part of God's people. That the Gentiles are going to be joined with God's people. The Gentiles are going to be praising God. All of that. It's, 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 we're being pulled not just into this church, but we're being pulled into the story of God. The big, and I use the ark thing, from, new, from creation to the cross and Jesus to new creation. We're pulled into this story, not just we've got some lives and we're living them, but we want to orient, orient, so I said that funny, uh, we want to orient our lives to the story of God. You know, and it goes, so, I'll just give you a couple of bullets real quick, but, but God after the fall, comes to this guy named Abram, a pagan. And uh, he says, I'm going to bless you. And through your family, every nation of the earth is going to be blessed. That's an awesome story. So it's, it's not just God's story, but it's, it's Israel's story that we've gotten pulled into. And so the story rolls on, you know, past, past uh, Abram, and, and Israel is a nation now. And Israel says, comes to Samuel and says, we want to be like the other nations, and we want a king. And God says, you haven't, they, they're not rejecting you, Samuel. They've rejected me as their king. They've rejected God as their king. And so 
Saul is made king, and Saul kind of blows it with God. And so then another guy is anointed to be king, a guy named David. And David is the son of Jesse. Everybody tracking? And David in his kingship is given a promise that he's going to have a son who's going to reign on God's throne forever and ever and ever and ever. Pretty awesome promise. And David's like, wow, God hits his knees. Thank you. What an amazing, amazing promise. So that's David at about the year 1000 BC. 250 years later, rolling the clock forward, Isaiah comes along and he makes some wonderful promises about Jesus. And I want to read one of those. Turn back to, this is the second long reading that I'm going to do, and or not many long readings, but this is the second one. This is Isaiah 11, verses 1 to 10. And let's read this one together. He prophesies and says, A shoot will come from the stump of Jesse. From his roots, a branch will bear fruit. The spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and power, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord and, the del and his delight. He will delight in the fear of the Lord. He will not judge by what he sees with his eyes or decide by what he hears with his ears, but with righteousness he will judge the needy. With justice he will give decisions for the poor of the earth. He will strike the earth with the rod of his mouth and with the breath of his lips he will slay the, the wicked. Righteousness will be his belt and faithfulness the sash around his waist. The wolf will lie down with the lamb. The leopard will lie down with the goat. The calf and the lion and the yearling together and a little child will lead them. The cow will feed with the bear. Their young will lie down together and the lion will eat straw like an ox. The infant will play near the hole of the cobra and the young child will put his hand into the viper's nest. They will neither harm nor destroy on all my holy mountain. For the earth will be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. And then here's this verse that Paul quotes, referring to all of that that's just been spoken. He quotes that there in, in uh, Romans 15, verse, verse 9 or verse 12. It says, In that day, the root of Jesse will stand as a banner for the peoples. The nations will rally to him, and his place of rest will be glorious. Wow. You know, so that's, that's awesome. So all mixed into that, we've been pulled into this story. So you've got Israel there looking forward, hoping. You've got Israel, uh, excuse me, Isaiah prophesying, pulling people in so that they will wait with hope, looking forward to what's coming. This Messiah who's going to be king, who's going to be on the throne of his father David forever and ever. Isn't that awesome? So we're pulled into uh, the, the story of God, the story of Israel, that's the story of God, Jew and Gentile together in Christ, you know, and you see the spirit of the Lord on him, the sevenfold spirit of the Lord, the promise, the, the thing I referred to earlier there in verse three, the end of, end of the verse is that he's not going to judge by what he sees or what he hears. He's going to trust and rely on the father and bring those, those words to bear in the world around him. And then you see this promise of new creation, of things being made right, of things, the peace and love and life of heaven actually coming to the earth. Isn't that awesome? You know, so, so we don't see that that way in our world, but our hearts are to long for that because that's what's coming. You know, 
Our hearts are to long for holiness because that's what's coming. Our hearts are to long for love and for justice because that's what's coming. You could say healing because that's what's coming. Does that make sense? I hope we just pull that into us tightly. The nations of the earth, the Gentiles, the ethnic groups of the world will rally to him. And we are brought into this story, into this hope that is realized in Jesus. I'll refer to just, uh, actually I'm going to flip over to Psalm 72. It's another one of the, it's the Psalm reading. And it just, I'm not going to go in detail on this one. But this is, while we're waiting, we wait with hope. We need hope while we're waiting with people, within the story, and for the king. So endow the king with justice, O God, your royal son with your righteousness. He will judge the people in righteousness. And he goes on, the afflicted ones, the needy, the children, going to take care, crush the oppressor. He will endure, verse 5, as long as the sun as long as the moon, through all generations, he will be like rain falling on the mown field, like showers watering the earth. In the days, in his days, the righteous will flourish and prosperity will abound till the moon is no more. So this incredible promise, that's what we've been talking about. We're pulled into this story, but I want to kind of start landing this plane this way. We all feel the tension of of what is and what is not. It's the now. It's We've been saved. If you're in Christ, forgiven, free. But I don't always experience the fullness of my freedom. I, I, I feel that tension, right? I feel I'm now, but I'm, I'm not yet. Anybody? You know, and, and we experience that in our relationships, the now of love, man. We couldn't be this people together for a couple thousand years without the power of the Holy Spirit in our midst. And really, that's where I'm going with this. And that is, to live in the now and not yet, nobody in this room can do it on your own. Not one person. You get down. I'm, I'm really, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just love everybody in the power of my own strength. Good luck with that. It just, we need, we need a, a, a tender frame. We need our minds renewed. We need the power of the Holy Spirit. No, we do. You know, the, the final reading, the gospel reading in this particular section of the lectionary is from Matthew chapter 3. And it's the story of John the Baptist. And people are coming out to get baptized by him. And, and some Pharisees come and he talks about brood of vipers and some stuff like that. And he, but he says, look, God, you think you're special, but God can raise up children of Abraham from the stones. And he said, I'm baptizing you with water, but one is coming who will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And that is what we need. We need an immersion. We need, you know, you've been immersed. Okay, praise the Lord. You need to be immersed again. We need an ongoing fullness. We need fullness. We need ongoing encounter where we where we encounter the depth of God's love for us, where we get on our knees and we say, yes, Jesus, yes, Lord, fill me up because I can't do this life. I can't live in this tension place if you don't fill me up. If you don't meet the need of my heart, I can't love with your love. I can't show your peace to other people. 
I, I just, I get focused on my own stuff and living in my own world. We need the power of God. We need this, this fullness, this ongoing, you know, Paul says, be filled and keep on being filled with the Holy Spirit. You know, uh, in Acts uh, chapter 4, they were praying, all these people that had received the Holy Spirit, Pentecost, all of that, and they were praying, God, stretch out your hand, perform miracles and wonders. And it said, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and went out and spoke the word of God boldly. They were already filled, but they needed to be filled again. When something just every, we, we just need this in our lives, an ongoing, now because you've got new things you're going to be doing that God wants to pour his life, love, fullness, baptism. You know, just think under the water. That's what I think. I, I see the, the Niagara of God's love, and I want to stand there in that, in that Niagara. I want to be, I want to be covered. This past Thursday night, um, we had a brother and sister, dear friends, come and speak to the discipleship school. And I mean, we've known them for 18 years, and they were missionaries in the Middle East, kicked out of their country several times, went to another country in the Middle East. They were there for seven and a half years before they saw one person come to the Lord. And then after that, the Lord used, they, they, they met a man of peace. And they discipled that man, and that man ended up being the, the point guy for a movement. So the Lord used them to facilitate, and that had always been their prayer, a church planting movement. They had a way of saying it. I can't remember all the, the vision statement. It was awesome. But, uh, I mean, there are seven streams now of church planting movements in the Middle East among Arabs where there had never been in the history of Islam. Tens of thousands of baptized believers. Awesome. But I'm telling you, I listened to that story and I said, they needed the power of the Holy Spirit because I listened to them tell their story of endurance and perseverance. I mean, it was, it was crazy. So toward the end, their friends, their brothers and sisters whom they were discipling and things were being tortured. They were suffering. You know, one lady had her arm broken by the secret police. You know, two, two of their young disciples, young girls, got married off. They, they, their, their families made them marry fundamentalist guys. It's, it's hard. One of them got killed. You know, it's, it was hard listening to this story. And, I, and right about the time the movement started, her, this thing they prayed for now for 10 years, her mom gets cancer, her dad some kind of dementia. Her parents are dying back in the United States. And she's been praying for this thing, and she stays. You know, and she asked us, what would cause you to stop following God? What would cause you to stop following Jesus? What would cause you to stop living into the destiny of God that's on your life? You know, I'm just sitting there listening to this, and I'm like, wow. You know, and I mean, there's more to the story. I could keep going, but it's just, wow. We need, I was looking at Rebecca, and I was just like, she's filled with the power of God. She's got authority like Maybe not many people I've ever heard speak. The presence of God was thick in the room. I mean, it was tangible. As she's speaking to us, and nobody in the room was going, well, I've suffered more than you have. <laughs> nobody was saying it was just authority to believe God, to receive the power of the Holy Spirit for the fullness of all that God has for us. So as we live in this tension, now and not yet, we need God. We need the power of the Holy Spirit 
and God wants to give it. So stand up. Let's respond to him. Worship team's coming. Ministry team's coming. And I want to read this verse over us and just call us to respond today. Romans chapter 15, verse 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. My desire in this call today is overflowing hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. You need it. I need it. We need it. The the trials, they have different names around the room. Family stuff, work stuff, holiday season, Christmas season, just different, different things, different names, different faces, different people. But we need Jesus. We need the power of His Spirit in, His life, in our lives. We need the love of God flowing through us for others. So hey, whatever your need is today, take a step forward with God. Step in under the waterfall of God's power and presence in your life. And it's just, it's a yes. It's a, God, I want you. I want you to fill me. I want to be immersed in all that you have so I can hope in an overflowing way for all that's, that I'm facing, this now and not yet stuff that's happening in my life right now. We've all got it. There's not one of us that's immune to this. So, hey, be bold. The front fills up. We open, we do this. If you're visiting, we do this every Sunday. Front will fill up, but get prayer from somebody around you. Press in. Take, take advantage of this time to be a, just a stake in the ground time. God, fill me up. Fill me up. Overflow. Permeate. Love of God. Fill my soul. Amen? So, Lord, meet us here in this time. Let this just be an awesome time of responding to you. Lord, every single heart in this whole room responding to you. In Jesus' name, amen. You guys come, get prayer. Pray with somebody there close by you. Let's press into God for just a minute here. Holy Spirit, come. Have your way in us. Fill us, Lord. Lord Jesus, fill us again. Immerse us in your love and the fullness of your presence. Amen. Go for it. Let's respond.